Regardless of which cruise line you're sailing, where you're going, or where you're leaving from, every cruise has one thing in common. Embarkation day. It may just be one day, but there's a lot to consider. I'm Billy Hirsch. And I'm Rick Ross. We're talking about your first day on the ship on this episode of the Cruise Habit Podcast. You're about to set sail on the Cruise Habit Podcast, an audio voyage through the world of ships, ports, and beyond. Welcome aboard. So as we discuss the, the things to think about and plan for on Embarkation Day, there, we're going to try and go in chronological order. But it stands to reason that there's one thing on this list of, uh, of subtopics we're going to discuss that you started thinking about even before your alarm went off on cruise morning, as I call it. Or if you're like me, it's maybe the one day uh, out of your entire life that you wake up before your alarm goes off because you're really excited. And that is packing. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you've started packing long before this morning, but if not, that's okay. Maybe you're really fast at it. And we know that there are a lot of packing tips uh, out there. In fact, over on cruisehabit.com, if you go to cruisehabit.com slash packing, uh, we've got some uh, a number of tips, including a packing list that uh, thank you to, to many of you who are listening right now. You've contributed some great ideas that we now use ourselves when packing. So we're not going to, this isn't a packing episode, um, but just know that those lists are out there. And, and there are some things really high level to, to think about, like uh, as, I, as I call it, pre and post uh, trip or pre and post cruise separation, right? If um, if you're going to be staying someplace before or after your cruise, maybe either pack a separate section of your bag, or I use packing cubes for this. It can be really helpful so that if I'm, let's say, in a hotel the night before I'm sailing, I have everything that I need, uh, except for maybe toiletries, in one pocket or one packing cube, something like that. It prevents me from packing and unpacking multiple times. And isn't that one of the reasons that we all like to cruise? So, so that separation is handy. And the other thing is, of course, and we're going to talk about this at a few stages because it's important, uh, your carry-on. There are, there are factors to consider as far as when you're going to get your bags um, in your room, if you're, if you're checking any bags. And you want to make sure that all of your essentials are with you. Uh, there are multiple times you should check on that. And when I say essentials, I mean um, things like your your documents, your passport, your your cruise docs, less essential passports, much more important. Your your wallet, some cash to tip porters, and uh, and as I think Rick, you'll agree, uh, importantly, your medication. Uh, essential medications, yes, uh, <laughs> medications you can't uh, you can't be without. Make sure those are in your carry-on. Um, also consider the weather when uh, when you're going because you might be leaving for, although we definitely advocate traveling to your port the day before, if that is not possible, maybe you're leaving somewhere where the weather is cold, like you're coming from the Midwest down to Florida, uh, you might want to keep in mind that difference in weather when you're packing uh, for your carry-on. Yeah, and I'll give you a different kind of example okay. with that. Um, this, this is very proximal. Uh, last week, I got off of Celebrity Edge on Sunday the, was it the 20th, I think? Mm -hmm. I almost said the 20th here in Florida, like it was a different date somewhere else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, the weather here in Florida, sure, it can, it can vary in temperature, but we never really get too crazy as far as cold. We had an unseasonably cold day. It was 42 degrees overnight. Um, so somebody showing up that morning might've wanted, you know, uh, at least not to wear like their Magnum PI shorts and a, uh, and a tank top for, uh, for yeah. embarkation, even though by noon it was plenty warm, right? So you can have that, you can have, of course you can have, uh, rain, stuff like that. So it's a good point. Uh, do consider that, uh, whether it's part of your, uh, your pre post cruise or just embarkation morning. So, uh, I think, um, I think that probably gets us through, through packing. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's great. I think we're ready to leave for the port. Does that sound like a, a the right thing for us to do next? We're getting in the car slash Uber slash bus van helicopter. If you're, I don't know, Ken Jarvis or something. Um, and the, and the first question I have to ask is, well, what time do I need to arrive at the cruise terminal? Absolutely. What's your I, advice there, Billy? You know, it really, so the first thing to understand is that a lot of this depends on the cruise line because you're mm -hmm. going to look at your, your documents and they're going to tell you exactly when to arrive. It'll, it, they'll usually give you like a one hour window, uh, maybe even a half hour window. 
However, the only really critical time is when the, the latest that you can arrive, which will usually be two hours before the ship sails because you don't want to mm-hmm. miss it. Um, some lines, Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, they'll give you that, that hour window, but it kind of doesn't matter, to be honest with you. They don't want everyone showing up at once. That would be hectic for everyone. But if it says 1.30 um, for a sailing that's leaving at 4 or 5 o'clock, to be honest, you can probably get there at like 11 o'clock and you're probably going to be all right. But know that there are some cruise lines that enforce it. Um, actually, Rick, you just toured Carnival it's, Paradise. Yeah. And I if uh, in, you, you seem to think it was kind of neat, it was something different than you'd seen before. If you were to book a uh, Carnival sailing uh, tonight and sail out this weekend and they told you, hey, be here at 1.30, uh, same is true, by the way, for Disney. Uh, well, similar yes. for Disney. Well, that's that's the one I think of when I think of uh, the times actually do mean something. Yeah, is, uh, you, you show up at Disney 11 and I, you you can totally show up at 11 and you can totally <laughs> sit there and wait in the terminal for a couple and, hours. And they will be pleased to see you at your assigned time. Yes. Yes. Uh, the, the only difference is I think Disney is pretty good about they tend to run ahead of time, but they will not let you before your boarding group, right? Some lines, mm-hmm. it's they're waiting for your time. So that does depend. Royal Caribbean Celebrity, uh, most lines, frankly, pretty flexible. Uh, Disney uh, and Carnival, not as flexible. Um, yeah. And of course, a lot of these rules change or are somewhat altered in the event that your sailing doesn't sail, you know, leave until 11 o'clock at night or something, uh, which is unusual, yep. but does happen, in, especially in certain parts of the world. Uh, didn't you have that MSCC side sailing that had some unusually late departure time? Yes. So, um, so Seaside out of Miami usually leaves at around, I, I believe, usually scheduled for 7 p.m. Don't hold me to that. And that's just because a lot of guests are have international flights. So they want to give extra time um, to make sure that, that everyone has time to, to make it to the ship. But we see this on, uh, on a lot of um, sailings in the Mediterranean uh, and other parts of the world as know. well. Um, so that, that's yeah. why they do that. But and that's also a, the kind of place where um, maybe we think of por- uh, cruises from to the Caribbean out of the United States leave from Miami and come back to Miami, whereas Mediterranean ships, especially from the European lines, you may have people embarking and disembarking at one location. At the next port, you have another set of people embarking and disembarking at that location. So you don't have a, like the whole ship doesn't turn over. You've got a partial turnover. That's correct. And the people that are changing out, the people that are disembarking, um, they could have longer customs lines because, you know, you have... a a much wider variety of nationalities. So that can just affect when Mm. embarkation even begins. So remember, when you're waiting to get on the ship, it's easy to say, why can't they just let me on? Well, they're turning around the entire ship. They're resetting everything, every venue, every public space, every stateroom. Um, Well, in most cases, every stateroom, you know, notwithstanding your example of of certain certain non-U.S.-based uh, sailing. So um, now all of that in mind, there's one other time to keep in mind. Not only don't you want to show up um, too late and miss the ship, you don't want to show up too, too early because even in, in those examples where most lines will let you on, as long as things are running on time, they'll let you on early. Um, there is a threshold, right? So be, since they have to turn over that whole ship, uh, if you show up, let's say at 10 in the morning, you're not getting on the ship. You show right. up at nine. You might not even get in the terminal at nine. Um, I would suspect not. Yeah. And I've seen people do it. I have seen people do it. Um, you know, and I, I get it. You're excited. You want to be there. It's one of the only days I'm okay with getting up kind of early. Uh, but ask yourself if you'd rather wait in bed for an extra hour or at the terminal. And I'll tell you, Rick, Terminal 25, it was pretty nice, right? I wouldn't want to spend an extra hour there. Right. Not as nice as my bed. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, no, not as nice. Not as nice as a bad. Um, yeah, there was something I wanted to say about showing up early, and that is, oh yeah, they've got they've got stuff to do uh, on the ship. They've got to get people off. They've got to get uh, the baggage off. Um, really, they've got to clear the ship of every prior passenger before they can start letting new passengers on. So that's why the 10 a.m. Uh, deadline or 10 a.m. time in the morning is so inflexible you really can't show up early yep for that. absolutely but uh, once it is time to show up how you get in there as i mentioned before we all, we have different styles right uh my style uh, i go with what's cheap because i don't know if you know this about me i'm kind of frugal um <laughs> and i did know that about you huh 
<laughs> so uh, we actually, uh, over at cruisehabit.com, I believe it's cruisehabit.com slash transportation. And if not, I just said that, so now I have to create that. Um, we've got a couple different articles on getting to and from. And Rick, I, while this obviously varies depending on the port and things like that, um, I think you and I have similar philosophies here because you can, if, if you're in your hometown or you, you drove to the, the embarkation, the city of embarkation, you could be taking your car, right? You mm-hmm. could take an Uber or Lyft or cab. Um, there are a lot of transfers though, motor coaches that you could hire through the cruise line, um, or through third parties, maybe in Tampa, actually you could even walk. Um, if you think uh, about from, it, that Marriott right by the, the port, if you don't have too many bags with you, it's like, what, a third of a mile? Oh, absolutely. From some of the downtown hotels in Tampa, you can walk to the cruise terminal. Pretty cool. One day I'm going to do that, but I had too many bags last time. I, You know, I invite you back to Tampa to do that. Also, I believe I was hungover because, <laughs> because one of my dearest friends who happens to live in Tampa was a very bad influence the night before. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. But uh, the the anchor bar thanks you for your patronage. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, uh, well, you, I, one of the th- situations that uh, I have heard about with the transfers is that uh, uh, they're usually not a good deal. Like arranging your uh, your own transportation is the better deal with the exception of being the solo cruiser. That seems to be yes. the exception that proves the rule. Are you? Do you agree? If you heard similar, I agree one hundred percent. And the basic reason is simple: you're paying per person for a transfer, whether it's a mm-hmm. private transfer or a transfer through the cruise line. Um, you're paying per person, whereas that that Uber or that cab, or bothering your friend to see if they want to wake up at uh, ten o'clock on a weekend, um, you're you're not paying per person there. Um, I tend to also not love that with transfers, whether, even if it's a free transfer, like from a hotel, mm. which mm-hmm. I've got an article about that. Cause free doesn't always mean free in those. A lot of time they say, Oh, it's a free transfer. You can park at the hotel for free during your cruise. And they charge you a way higher per night rate on the hotel. Not always, oh, yeah. not always, yep. but something to look out for. I've got a, if you check out our YouTube channel, um, there's a link to over on the site. I've got a video that explains that and gives an example over in Port Canaveral for just, that is absurd. So, um, so that's something to, to keep in mind as well uh, about transfers is you're on their schedule and not yours. Um, whereas a cab or a, an Uber, you go when you want, when, when, when it works out for you. And, and that to me takes a lot of the pressure off. Um, maybe others, that's not, not as big of a, a problem. Um, Rick, when you've cruised without me, um, have you usually parked at the port or have you taken a car service? Well, it, you were just mentioning uh, the time that uh, you know, it's worth it to you to take Uber and Lyft because of the time rather than using a, a transfer service. And for me, this is why I'm willing to park at the port uh, on on some occasions. Uh, I think if I'm going to Port Everglades, it's pretty easy to take an Uber um, back and forth. But for... Um, for Miami, uh, I guess it's not so much uh, versus taking an Uber and a Lyft, but on-site versus off-site parking. Mm, okay. Um, I like to park in the parking garage on-site because it is worth it to me to walk across the um, across the drive, walk into the parking garage, put my things in the car, and drive away. Rather than, let's say, wait for a shuttle that's going to take me back to an off-site parking area. Maybe that shuttle's full. Maybe I'm waiting for a second shuttle. Really, that's that's not a game I want to play. And for this, the difference in prices, that's that's worth it to me. And sometimes there is the difference in price favors the other direction. Right. So even though mm-hmm. I live only about uh, 35 minutes, maybe from from Port Everglades, 40 minutes, uh, I I take Uber or Lyft each time. Why? Because when you look at the per night parking uh, charge, it's it's around the same or maybe even cheaper for me to take Uber, uh, especially if it's a seven night sailing, shorter sailing. Maybe I pay a few more bucks to, uh, to Uber Lyft rather than drive. But, you know, I drove, I think it was our New Amsterdam sailing, uh, November of 2017. And I said, um, you know what? I'm going to drive. I'll just park there. Make it easy, man. I didn't want to deal with moving my bags back and forth, especially getting to getting from, you can hire a porter that'll take your bags to the car. 
I didn't mm-hmm. want to, um, I didn't feel like driving. I was so tired. Uh, you know, disembarkation can be early and us were always up late. So that, that, yeah, that w- I was like, okay, it's good. I hadn't done that in a while. Don't need to do it again. So, uh, so whatever the case may be, just make sure that you weigh out the cost and the timing, however you decide to, uh, to go with it. And before you get out of, um, the, the car, the, the shuttle, um, personal helicopter, whatever, make sure you have all your stuff, phone, passport, each of your bags, get a count. Um, I don't do this, but it's probably not a bad idea. I know some people, they will write on their luggage tags bag, you know, however many of however many. Mm, and take inventory. That's smart. Yeah. I can imagine like, especially if you, you know, if you are going on a really long sailing, so you have a lot of bags or if you have a family if, of five, a family, you know. yeah, family four, family of five, that could get out of hand pretty quick. Yeah. So that's uh, that's something to think about to make that easier. So, so now, um, now we've got to the terminal, we've arrived. I've stepped out of, uh, my uh, Maybach uh, cab because I am <laughs> I'm sailing out of uh, uh, out of I was gonna say out of Nice uh, out of Monaco. Um, oh, okay. I just you know fantasies are free, um, <laughs> and uh, and it is uh, it's time to like now this is when it gets real right because at this point you can see the ship. So while it starts to get real, some of that real is maybe a little hectic. I mean, what's your experience, Rick, as far as how, is, is this one of the calmer, exciting, or more chaotic oh, moments? It, it's a lot of whistles. It's a lot of uh, people pointing to this lane, that lane, this lane, that lane. You need to pull all the way forward. You need to stop here and wait for this. So uh, that's, uh, that is a good argument for Uber and Lyft, is that you don't have to make any of those decisions yourself. Like yeah, you, you can, can just watch people to... get yelled at. <laughs> exactly. You will be brought to the correct point. <laughs> you could just you can just sit back and, and let that happen. Um, so yeah, it, once you're there. I was just going to say, you know, you see cabbies and uh, and cops yelling at each other like it's uh, an, an 80s movie in Manhattan. It's really oh, yeah. impressive. <laughs> <laughs> So once all that's done, you get to the sidewalk and you can get out of how you got there. Uh, the first thing you're going to want to do is transfer your bags from your possession to the possession of one of the porters. Um, and when they do that, they're going to make sure that bag gets onto the ship for you. And they deserve some compensation for that. They've earned it. Uh, yeah. And, you know, some people may feel that this is and we're talking, by the way, about checked bags. If you're carrying any yeah. bags that you're carrying on and you should, again, carry on bags with essential medications, documents, things like that. Porters usually remind you, but we're going to remind you again. But for those checked bags, um, you know, I've heard people say, oh, it's like extortion. They have tipped Listen, we're not here to debate the merits of how they're compensated or anything. The bottom line is whether you like it or not, if you want your bags on the ship, a porter is taking them and they are, they are doing work. And this is part of the system. So make yeah. sure you, uh, you take care of them and they will, uh, they will take care of you. Um, I hear a lot of people say a dollar a bag. I personally tend to go for, for, uh, a couple bucks more. Um, it just, maybe, maybe I'm just insecure and I'm like, if I only give them a dollar, what if my bags are delayed or crushed? Not that that's ever happened. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it seems like a pretty easy way. You know, if, if I've got two bags that I'm checking to throw like five or 10 bucks, seems a pretty easy way to at least make me feel better. And you know what, that person who works harder than I do, they, uh, they, they get a couple bucks out of it. Yeah. I think, uh, two bucks for the first bag, one bu- buck for every additional or five bucks. I think that's uh, a, a good rate there. Do not tip in Chili's gift cards. I'm not saying I did this. I just, I know a guy, his bags, he saw him floating later in the Florida Straits. Just, just throwing that out there. Um, and, and, and you wonder why we haven't sailed out of Port Canaveral in a long time. Yeah. Well, eventually they'll forget. <laughs> um, and I'm going to say this one last time before we get on to the part, the, the, the you, most wait. exciting part. Yes. I'm going to take a guess at what you're about to say. Go Make ahead, sure ahead. that in your checked, no, in your carry-on bag, you have your cruise documents, your passport, your birth certificate, your driver's license, and your essential medications. Anything yes. that you need yep. before Absolutely. the bags get delivered. And, and, and frankly, anything super fragile or just stuff that you cannot lose. Because while I've never lost yeah. a bag on a cruise, 
you're not going to see me put, you know, a $1,400 laptop in a checked bag um, because things happen. Rain happens, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, check that. And then you've handed over uh, your bags to the, the porter. They've, they're really good about making sure your bag tags are on there. We probably should have mentioned that before. Make sure your bag tags are on there. Um, some cruise lines still send you bag tags. Uh, most of them, uh, many of them, have you print them yourself and then tape and staple and wrap. Um, I was not a big believer in the the bag tag covers for a long time. And lately, since I did a bunch of cruises back to back, wow, I understand their merits. And I actually, this is, this is true. This is not a sales pitch. I actually found some that I really, really liked. Uh, and I highly recommend just wherever you buy them. We sell them over at cruisehabit.com. They're, they're waterproof things with metal grommets and metal, uh, metal cables that secure your bag tags. So you don't have to tape and tape and all that. And they protect them. The ink won't run if it rains. If you get them from, from us, cool. Thank you. But wherever you get them, just make sure they're good quality because there are some garbage ones out there. Uh, but I actually, I've kind of become hooked on those. So, so yeah, uh, the, the, now the, the porters have made sure your tags are on there. They've said, Hey, you have your documents and everything, right? Cause they're good about reminding you, you are walking into the building now it is getting real because now there are no more no more uh, police whistles, no more uh, cabs like screeching tires nearly running into each other. Uh, but you still you don't just walk on. There are steps you have to go through. Um, you know, as far yeah. as the the check in and the check in check is getting way better than uh, it has been in the past. A lot of cruise lines realize that check in was a pain point, and every business wants well, to reduce pain points. Well, let's let's cover what check-in has been like before the new technology of say, let's say the last year, and and, and is still like on many cruise lines, right? And agreed, ships. agreed. This is oh, this is going to be the check-in experience for the vast majority of cruisers, unless you're on the very newest, let's say, Royal Caribbean celebrity ships. Yep, uh, or princess. Okay. They're they're big or princess. Uh, new. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so. You, you have these, these documents that either the cruise line sent you or you printed. Hopefully you have them. If you don't, it's not critical, but it may delay you if you don't have them handy. And you're going to go into a line. You're going to walk in. They're, they're going to point you towards a line depending on your loyalty level, and whether you're in a suite and all this. And you're going to wait in the line, hand somebody at a counter. It looks a lot like an airline check-in counter, except mm -hmm. uh, they tease you in that sometimes you can actually see the ship and you makes you just really want to get through all the quicker. Um, and you're going to hand over these documents. They're going to make sure everything's in order. They're going to scan your passports. They're going to want to take a picture of you, which they mm -hmm. usually do with a webcam, which is why uh, I, was, I forgot we're not recording video with this podcast. So I was about to like mimic it, but I was going to say they're always holding the webcam. So you end up being sideways half the time. That's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's so that uh, ship security can... Um, Every time you scan on and off the ship in port, they can make sure it's actually you. You're the right one with the card. And they will often, depending on the ship, give you a room key and sometimes even a program, right? Like a daily schedule of events. Uh, tell you when your stateroom is going to be ready, stuff like that. Did I, I miss anything? Uh, yeah, they, they will um, take a credit card for your onboard Ooh. account. Yes, they will. Unless, yeah. oddly, there's one exception. That's MSC. MSC, you actually uh, handle your tying your credit card to your account. Um once you're on the ship at these little uh, kiosks, uh, which is kind of unusual, but perfectly effective. Uh, and you may be thinking, but Billy, Rick, I've already provided my credit card information. You did oftentimes don't ask me why cruise lines ask for it ahead of time only to ask for it again. Um, I don't know. It's a great question, but that's, that's the way it is. Um, sometimes they'll just provide you with like a slip that you're signing for the credit card that already has the, the last four but, uh, but yes, payment, uh, mm, yeah. they'll make sure that yeah. there's a way that they can tie that to your onboard account, except for MSC, who does that later. Um, mm. So, yeah, that that's the way check-in um, used to be and for most people still is. Uh, what is, Rick, check-in check like on some newer ships and, frankly, what we can expect on many, many ships going forward? Yeah, so this this is where uh, this is where checking is headed. One of the things that I did for my Mariner and for my Edge sailing, uh, and the Ro Royal Caribbean and the Celebrity app, because they each uh, have their own branded versions of, of about the same app. Uh, I took a picture of myself, took a selfie. So the at the time at the counter where they would be taking your picture for security. Yeah, Billy is modeling this as we speak. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, I take. 
I upload a picture of myself, so that's already in the system. Uh, I also upload my credit card, so that's in the system. And then the uh, set sale pass or the the boarding pass that you might get, uh, that's that does not need to be printed. That is now on my phone, like you might have experienced with an airline uh, boarding pass being something you could have on the screen or something in uh, your wallet. Uh, and then when you walk into the terminal, there is some facial recognition technology going on. So they're going to scan this uh, digital boarding pass that you have, and they're going to take a picture of you as you kind of walk towards uh, a kiosk. And uh, that was it, right? Millie, I mean, I think that was pretty much the boarding process. Yep. Um, actually, there's one more part that we that we failed to mention that still oh, okay. applies to both, but it applies oh, differently to, to both. Walking through security. Uh, oh, two parts. Yeah. So there okay. is security, okay. which is essentially like air, uh, airport security. The main difference being uh, they don't care about where the liquids are. Um, right. Um, notwithstanding any rules that line has about bringing beverages on board. And um, you're not, uh, regardless of whether you have pre-check or global entry, you're not taking off your belt, your shoes, um, right. your pantaloons. I, I, don't, I don't really know how this works. I I have pre-check. I just, I just strut right through. It's, it's so, it's so easy. That's not true. Um, but it's security is a pretty easy process. They'll scan your, your bags. And then, um, it, with the traditional check-in process, there will also be a form they're going to have you sign that just says, yep, I have definitely not, uh, had any, uh, certain types of physical ailments around communicable diseases, you know, uh, uh, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, stuff like that in the last couple days. And, um, and they just want to make sure that, that you're okay, that you're not going to give anything to anyone else. And, and listen, it's important for everyone for you to be honest. And just because if you're honest and you say, Oh, actually, you know, I was, something was bothering me the other day. They're not going to say, Oh, well, you're not getting on the ship today. They're going to have you talk to, uh, one of the physicians from the ship and they'll make a determination as the best course of action. Um, I will tell you that, uh, more often than not, it's totally fine. <laughs> uh, they mm -hmm. just, they want to have that conversation and it's important to have that honest conversation. So, so there is that, uh, and then in the more modernized boarding process that, uh, that Rick was covering, it's the same thing, but essentially it's somebody with a tablet asking you those questions, kind of like, did you pack your bags yourself? Um, and, oh, yeah. uh, and just noting that on a tablet before sending you on your way. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's check-in and it's, um, the, the new way is awesome. It's it's not terrible the old way because, Hey, you're having a good morning. You're about to get on a cruise. But the new way is definitely fast and really easy. Got to do that yeah. on my last three cruises, Symphony Edge and Edge. And wow, it was really cool. <laughs> Save time. Yep. Gets me on the ship faster. I'm all for that. Very little for me to do. I've already done it. So I'm basically just walking up to a kiosk and yep. then say, well, and then walking onto the ship. So, uh, so boarding, uh, you've gone through check-in and, uh, and assuming it's already your time um, and they're ready. They're going to show you where to uh, to walk on. And there's not too much to say here because you're just walking on the ship, right? But I will tell you something that I try. I started not long ago um, to try and do. And that's I try and notice where I board on the ship. And what do you mean where you board on the ship? You're going to be on the ship for whatever, you know, a few days or a few weeks if you're if you're really lucky. Um, there's There's like a door or something. Yeah. However, this is partially just the excitement, partially the madness of, okay, we're walking on the ship now and I'm carrying my carry-on bags and uh, maybe I'm taking a picture as I step on, but also because they have, they may have some canopies set up and the, the way that the, 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 the gangway is up against the building uh, and the fact that you walk into some, sometimes you walk into public areas of the ship that that particular space is not, is often covered watch where you're getting on the ship and try and remember that. Maybe after you've taken several sh steps onto the ship, turn around and take a look. And th this is not an important thing. I just think it's cool because the number of times in the past that I've been on day four of a cruise and then looked on the ship and gone, where did I walk in? What deck was that? Is <laughs> just really bizarre to me. Um, so yeah, that's just something that I, I like to do now. Not, not, not going to hurt you if you don't, but, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, I hope at least one other listener is going, yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. If not, you're all just going to tell me to go talk to somebody about my disorientation problems. I think typically you're going to be 
deck four, deck five, and a grand atrium kind of situation. But then finding that place like along the wall, yeah, that is yeah, because sometimes it's a little separate like subroom, or sometimes they put curtains across the doors, and sometimes mm-hmm. you're walking directly to the inside of the ship. Sometimes there's like a promenade. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, now that you are on the ship, what should you do immediately? Like, what are the, um, as soon as you've walked on and maybe Rick, maybe should we talk about the thing that maybe you, if you can, you shouldn't do immediately that a lot of people do. Well, let me say what I, what's on my mind when I'm walking onto a ship now is when starts the food and drink that I have paid for. So I want to take advantage of every moment that I have paid for food and drink. And you might think, well, all the food's up at the buffet. Everyone's heading up to the buffet. I guess we should go up to the buffet. But that might not really be the best thing. Uh, On a lot of cruise lines, um, there are alternative venues open. Sometimes it's a sit-down restaurant. Sometimes it's other, like, quick-service grab-and-go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's rattle off some examples here, Billy. So on uh, an Oasis class ship on Royal Caribbean, you would have uh, the Park Cafe. Yep, that's the uh, that's the big one, I think. Yeah, uh, I think that's a that's a great place to go. Um, on Norwegian's ships, you're going to have Oshihans. Oh, good um, example. How about on uh, on DCL? On DCL, you're going to have a sit down restaurant. Uh, it's usually the one that's right there in the atrium. So I guess that's Triton's on uh, some. Or... It, you know what? Not in my Is experience, it? but maybe in the case, oh. m- maybe maybe they change it up. I, like I remember in the past, for example, um, Cariocas, because they had uh, they had like a separate buffet set up in Cariocas, even though it's not a buffet venue normally. Interesting. Well, Cariocas uh, but, is no more. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, maybe maybe it. They change it up. But one of the rotational dining restaurants on DCL will be open. Yeah. Um, and the important thing here is this can really vary by sailing. Yeah, so some cruise lines, maybe it's usually just the buffet. But if they know it's going to be a particularly busy embarkation day because of a timing mm-hmm. thing, something like that. Um, like maybe there was maybe embarkation was delayed for everybody because there was a Coast Guard inspection or because weather caused them to get in late. And now everything's rushed. They may open up another venue um, that mm-hmm. isn't ordinarily open. And that might not even be on the schedule. So what I like to do, if I'm not sure or I don't think something is open, I will ask uh, any crew member, hey, where can I get some food right now that isn't the the buffet venue? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're on a, a smaller ship, if you're on you know, Oceana or something like that, uh, the buffet, it's going to be busy, but it's not going to be a madhouse. But I'll be honest with you, on a lot of ships, especially contemporary market ships, um, if you go to the buffet on embarkation day, that is the busiest you're going to see any venue on that ship the entire ever, cruise. ever, ever, ever. Yeah. It, it is like they're giving away smallpox vaccines and there is an outbreak. It is, uh, <laughs> it is bizarre. <clears throat> so, uh, let's see what, uh, what else do we have immediately after boarding? We, uh, we figured out some other place to eat and, oh, you know what you're doing? And this is always super fun. You're carrying around those carry-ons. Oh, yeah. That's not uh, great. I want to have the stuff with me, but I don't really like carrying it with me. So a lot of this comes down to the the cruise line and also what time you happen to get on the ship, right? If if you have a 5 o'clock sail away and you just got to the ship at uh, 1.30, there's a very good chance your stateroom's already ready. And they'll tell you when you check in, in fact, what time staterooms will be ready. Um, So in that case, hey, go drop it off at your stateroom. And do all the things we're about to talk about in just a minute for when your room's ready. Um, however, if not, there there are some options. Like uh, Royal Caribbean has been testing something very recently where you can drop off, like check some of your, um, almost like at a hotel concierge, check some of your carry-ons. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just something they're testing. We'll see how that ends up working out if other cruise lines do that. Or you and I experienced something on Edge recently that was different. Um, Yeah, I thought uh, that was fantastic. What was that deal? Yeah, so when we were getting onto Edge, we were told that our rooms were available for us to drop our bags off. And for me, this just made so much sense because if if I take my bag up to the buffet, 
it's in everybody's way. If it's in a chair, it's taking up a seat. If I put it on the floor, it's, you know, someone has to navigate around it. But if I take it up to my room and drop it off, okay, so maybe the floor has to be vacuumed. Okay, vacuum over here, move the bags, vacuum where the bags were, move the bags back. That's pretty simple. And, uh, and don't think that that means, you know, Rick mentions the vacuuming, that the room hasn't been cleaned yet, right? It seems like there are certain things that they will have done no matter what before you get there. You know, there's going to be fresh linens. It's not like, you know, somebody's garbage is still there from checking. They just they just did what what can they do to make it so that it's comfortable, comfortable and clean for you to go in the room, but where they can still get some of their work done a little bit later. Um, that That could be vacuuming. But that could be other stuff too. Like um, there's going to be documentation f- just for you. Like if you, on some ships, if you have an internet package and you have a code, that code won't mm-hmm. be there yet. Maybe you ordered canapes to be in your room or, or birthday or anniversary decorations. That might not be there yet. Um, you know, I, I think actually, I don't know if they had these on the December sailing, Rick. They might have, and I didn't notice. On January, they did the same thing on Edge, right? With the room being ready for you to drop off your bags. And there was a mm. placard on the door, and it said something about them making the room perfect just for you. In other words, mm-hmm. like, it's not that the room is dirty. It's just that we haven't made it, we haven't done the things that are specifically for you yet mm. um and and that that i thought was a, a good way of thinking about it so yeah that if you see that and i hope that they start doing this on all the ships maybe maybe they're doing this on other celebrity ships they didn't do it on infinity a couple months ago when you were on um no. but i'd love to see it become a thing because it's awesome uh, other lines they i don't know how they do it like holland america rooms are ready by like 11 a.m so your rooms almost always are ready as soon as you board no matter mm. how early you board that's crazy i don't know how they do that but good job by them um so uh being able to drop off your bags yeah that 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 makes the whole thing easier um so whether you've dropped off your bags or not at this point you have the uh you have your your kind of priorities for the day things that may not seem like even they need to be done right now but that you maybe should do right now yeah yeah for for me this means taking care of my dining reservations. Same when, here. When I'm, uh, let's say I get uh, a dining package on a Royal Caribbean uh, sailing. They're going to automatically book one of my dinners for me. But the rest I need to book for myself once I'm on board. Um, if I book them ahead of time, I can't use the package. So... That's kind of one of the choices with the with the dining package there. Um, but once I'm on board, I can change the one that they've automatically assigned to me. I can change that to whatever I want, and I can make the rest of my reservations. Uh, on DCL, when you've got the rotational dining, if there's some kind of different rotation that you want, because maybe you know you want to eat uh, at Palo on the third night, and you want to say you want to skip a particular restaurant to go eat at Palo. So you want to get a dining rotation that lines up where this restaurant is, where is your third night restaurant so that you're missing it to go to Palo. If you don't um, know what Rick's saying right now, trust me, if you're looking into a DCL cruise, it will immediately become apparent. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of a uh, unique circumstance for them. It is. It is, it is uh, unique to, to Disney. But anyway, whatever you want to do with dining, let's say you have uh, a six o'clock dining time and you want to move to any time uh, dining. Uh, it may be you want 6 p.m., but you have made some friends who are going to go on the sailing and you want to make sure that your party and this other party have a table together. Mm-hmm. Any kind of dining, whatever. You want to look in the um, kind of what's going on that day to see where that can be accommodated or go to guest services or just ask, show up to the main dining room at front door of the main dining room and ask, Hey, where do I go to make adjustments to my dining? They'll tell you, they'll tell you where that's taken care of. Yep. That also means confirming things that maybe you think you already took care of and maybe they already take, uh, have already been taken care of, but it's good to confirm that includes, Hey, I, I requested a, a two top. I requested a table just for two. We don't want to sit with other people or we do want to sit with other people. Um, or, you know, you mentioned six o'clock and you want eight o'clock. Maybe you changed your mind or maybe 
when you went to book the cruise, they no longer had available anytime dining or they no longer had your particular table or time available. See what they do now. If you have specialty, uh, if, if you have, um, excuse me, um, dietary restrictions, vegan, vegetarian, kosher, gluten-free, you have a shellfish allergy, whatever the case may be, uh, make sure that they know that now, even if they knew it before. It's just a good time to check in on every bit of the dining stuff. Um, and I think, I think dining is probably the, the, the primary, uh, the primary task there, because that's going to happen within a short number of hours, uh, of embarkation. Whereas mm-hmm. other things you have, you know, at least until the next morning to, uh, to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can look, if there are other things, look in that, that schedule that you either got when you checked in. Or maybe it's maybe you already had it on your phone. Maybe you were browsing that while you're waiting at the terminal or in an Uber on the way to the port, uh, if it's in an app. Um, or maybe it was in your stateroom. But wherever you got that schedule, check in there and see if anything else makes you. Oh yeah, I should follow up on that as well, um, because you know the the sooner you can get to those things, the the earlier you know that they'll want to work out. It's also a good time when you're looking at that schedule to say. What's going on the rest of the day? It'd be a shame if you found out that there's some activity or some show that you are all about, super exciting to you, and it's four o'clock and you didn't look at the schedule until, you know, your your spouse was changing for dinner and you were sitting on the bed thumbing through it and you missed it. Mm. I've I've definitely done that. So take uh, take a look at that. Um, you know, figure out what your priorities are. Um, now if your room wasn't ready before it is now, and even if it was ready, you know, for, to drop off your bags by now, you're, you're probably good to go. That room is yours for the next three, four or five, seven, 30, whatever the case may be nights. And personally, I recommend unpacking immediately. Rick, do you, do you do this or do you unpack at night? Oh, um, yeah, I unpack. And then I try and get the wrinkles out of any clothes that might be kind of wrinkly. Like I really want to get settled in. Yep. And and you might only be able to partially unpack, right? You might only be able to unpack the things in your carry-on. Maybe mm-hmm. one of your check bags has arrived, but the other hasn't or however many. Um, it, it depends. Um, but whatever, whatever I have, I start unpacking to, like you said, to get the wrinkles out and just... Because I want to enjoy every moment of my cruise. So if I take that off little bites at a time, I don't have to go, oh, great. I'm, I'm going to lose this next hour uh, mm. unpacking. Mm-hmm. Um, it also means that there's time to get more things that you need. Hangers. If you're going to need more hangers, I always tell people, don't don't bring hangers. I have a, I have a YouTube video about that, actually. <laughs> um, you know, This is a good time to ask your stateroom attendant, hey, can you get me some hangers? Because when the rest of those bags do come, you're going to want those hangers. Um, well, th- I think this is a great time to meet your stateroom attendant. Uh, yeah. They're probably going to be wandering around the hall. They're probably going to want to meet you at this time, let you know who they are, uh, offer to do whatever you need. Um, sometimes, what have we asked for? We've asked for champagne flutes. We've asked for ice. We've asked for, I've asked for extra towels because I like to have a double set of towels. Um, and these could be sure. one-off one off request or they, mm-hmm. they could be, uh, you know, all the time. Like, hey, could, yeah. can you make sure that uh, I always have a pitcher of, of ice water and a couple glasses? Sure. Not nice and easy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it could go the other way. It, it could it could be some people, everyone has different preferences. Hey, nothing personal, but don't bother turning over my room except at night or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, any preferences you have, that's the time, uh, that's the best time to express them. And they're, yeah. I don't know how they keep track, man, but I've asked over the, over the years, I've asked for some things that may be specific to that cruise that were just kind of weird circumstances or whatever. And man, they're good. Um, so yeah. So ask, and it'll it'll be a good way to uh, to start that relationship uh, straight away. And while you're in your stateroom, picture yourself now. Close your eyes. Not if you're driving. If you're listening to this in the car, don't don't close your eyes. Don't, Otherwise, no, don't. or if you're a pilot, for the love of God, why are you listening right now? Um, so you so close your eyes. You're in your stateroom, and you're facing the direction of the door. Now open your eyes. What do you see on the back of your door? Rick. Oh, I didn't know that was a, I, I thought that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> that, that's I what we call really... a springboard. Uh, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> what I see is a floor plan of the ship 
with some emergency exit routes mapped out. And there's probably also going to be an identifier of what my muster station is. Yes. I think I'm going to look for probably like a letter number combination or maybe just a letter. Yeah, it's true. It depends on the ship. Usually a letter number, but yeah. Um, And that's your muster station. Uh, For for those who don't know, uh, the five-second version, that's where you go in the event of an emergency. Uh, Everyone can meet. You'll get instructions, and they'll take care of you from there. You're going to have a muster drill in a little bit. And you're going to want to know where that is. Now, there's great signage to tell you where the where your muster station is. Um, you'll see on your um, on your key card, it will tell you your muster mm-hmm. station. But look at this map and know where your muster station is. One, because you want to know right away, hey, safety first, right? But also, because everyone else is getting on the ship and literally every passenger is going to go to muster. You should probably have an idea beforehand because maybe if you're thinking, I don't care where I'm going, I just need to sit and have a drink or I just... Uh, I'm going to, you know, get in a couple minutes of reading or whatever the case may be. Maybe, maybe if you can, pre-position yourself near a muster station. Make it really easy on yourself. Um, that That's what I do. But either way, take a look. And in fact, I'll go one step farther and I will say, take a picture of the back of your, um, of your door where that, uh, that, that map, that deck plan with your muster station is no, uh, noted. And maybe even take a picture of your your door placard in case you forget what your your room number is. I do that every hotel mm. and cruise ship I go on because nothing like putting that key card in the wrong door four or five times at three in the morning, <laughs> angrily not understanding why it's <laughs> failing to open. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, to that one guest. Um, so as, as we children. are, as we're winding towards, let's say what three thirty is about muster time. One of the things you should know is that they're going to close down the bar. They're going to close down more than just the bar. All ship services are going to close during muster because uh, I think we've discussed this on a recent episode. Those people have jobs to do for muster drill. Yep. Um, But that means if you want to drink before muster, make sure you get it before muster because they're not going to make like a last call announcement. It's just going to be like, oh, the bar is closed now. Absolutely. And um, and know that some some cruise lines let you take a drink to muster. Some don't. Um, DCL used to let you now, from what I understand, they don't, uh, depends. So just keep that in mind. Um, f- really for all your muster question, que- muster drill questions, there's a safety section over on cruise habit and there's an article explaining what muster drill is, the, the history, what the point is, um, and, and things like that. So, um, uh, you should also know, don't try and skip this. Um, if, uh, you're going to show up and there's, there's no excuse for one, and I, I don't mean that in like a mean way, but let's say you're going, well, it looks like my muster drill station might be outside and it's hot or I have trouble standing for long periods of time. No problem. You need to show up to your muster station, right? Uh, at, at the time. And th- they're going to let you know it's going to be in the program. They're going to tell you there's going to be announcements. You can't miss it. Um, but you need to show up and check in. Uh, you mentioned the bar is closing. Uh, I have a shirt. Uh, available on shop.cruisehabit.com. I have a shirt says uh, muster drill, closing bars and taking names because that's what happens, mm. right? They're going to take your name. They're going to scan your, your CPAS card, whatever the case may be, when you get there to make sure you showed up. Um, and if you do need assistance, you you have a medical issue, whatever the case may be, you can't be where your muster station is for very long. Let them know and they will be glad to accommodate you. Um, you know, to, to, to sit somewhere else during the, the drill when they're going to explain all the safety procedures, stuff like that, whatever, whatever you need, they will take care of you, but you still do need to show up. And if you don't show up, there's no hiding. There's nothing like that. First, they literally check every single stateroom, just like they do in an actual emergency and mark your stateroom door. Once it's been cleared that no one's there, they're going to check every public area. And because they're, they're scanning your card, they know who's there and who's not. They have, as I say, they have a special set of skills they will find you. There's no avoiding it. If you lock yourself in a bathroom, muster may be delayed until everyone's there. And at some point they may just do it. And then guess what? You're going to have your own personal, embarrassingly personal muster drill uh, sometime in the next you know, hour or two anyway. Um, that's a thing. Yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not missing it. Yeah. You're not missing it. So, All right, so we have heard seven short tones followed by one long tone and now the muster drill has been has uh concluded the captain has dismissed us all what now billy me i 
get the hell out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah. On a larger ship, you know, I, I mentioned that uh, that the buffet is nuts on embarkation day. I maybe maybe a couple minutes ago I misspoke, uh, and maybe it's equally as crazy once muster is over, um, mm-hmm. because everyone's rushing back to get somewhere that isn't their muster station. So you can either <laughs> yeah. you can either fight and try and and do what they're doing, um, or you can just chill, step out of the way for a minute, have a seat, relax. Watch, uh, watch all the people that, and try and try and guess who, as they walk by, uh, did not take my advice to arrive a day early because they look jet lagged and like they've been on a flight with a child kicking the back of their seat for the last three hours prior to arriving. Uh, just relax, wait for the crowds to die down. That's what I do, um, and I think I think Rick does the same because neither one of us trying yeah. to win any awards here. Um, but then you know, once that's done and, and things do calm down a bit. Where, uh, Rick, where do you tend to head? Well, the bar is the obvious answer, <laughs> but I mean, really, no matter what the uh, question is, alcohol is the solution. Well, it is a solution. So. It is. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to jump to the next point because that's what I'm thinking about, but I like, I just want to walk around the ship. I want to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, if I probably have done some exploring, uh, beforehand, maybe I know where I want to go back to. Maybe I want to check out, uh, some of the, sh- some of the, uh, open deck parts. I know that there's something that you want to talk about that you don't, you don't actually do, but you think is a good idea. Well, yeah. And, and I want to get to that, but you know, in your exploring, I think there's a good method of exploring that wasn't maybe available or at least maybe I just didn't notice that it was an option on a lot of ships for a long time because you could explore okay. on your own. Totally can nothing wrong with that. Um, there are ways, and I don't know how much of this is by design now, but there are ways to force explore. What I mean is, uh, tours, self-guided tours of sorts that can make it so that you will get in your steps and see a whole bunch of the ship. So one example is art tours. Many ships will have an art tour, some of them mm-hmm. through an app, or if you ask at guest services, they'll just have like a, a map of all the ship's art with descriptions and you can walk around or sometimes like a little pamphlet and see all the art. And that will you know, end up taking you to many spots where the art is displayed throughout the ship. Um, Celebrity Edge has an augmented reality uh, exploration app. There are a couple, you can download the app right now and see a few of the spots um, at home, but a lot of it, you have to actually be on the ship and it will take you area to area and you'll see Richard Fain, uh, CEO of Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines and Lisa Lutoff Perlo, CEO of, uh, of Celebrity, describing Edge. And that's pretty cool. That's another way. On Disney, and maybe on other lines, but on Disney, they have midship detec- detective agency on their Dream Class ships. That's a game that also involves interactive artwork and that will take you around. So I think that's a really cool way of exploring while also having a good time. It's, it's sort of like why I used to enjoy rock climbing because I would get in a, I would get in a workout uh, and I was distracted. I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. So, um, that's, I think that's fantastic. You know, you can always ask and see if there's anything like that on the ship. If not make up your own, um, but explore. And then uh, so the thing that that Rick was uh, springboarding me into, the thing that I don't do, you, you have some, you have one other Rick. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think with the uh, with the art tours, I, I haven't seen this because I haven't been on these two ships. But Oasis and Allure have the small wonders. Oh, I think yeah. that's kind of like a, a great art tour kind of fun thing to go look for. Yeah, that's that's another um, great example. Um, and actually, the uh, Symphony and maybe Harmony. But Symphony for sure has a an augmented reality thing in the app um, mm. that I totally forgot to check out while I was on board. So mm. you can use that, explore the ship, and tell me all about the stuff that I missed that I won't get to see for a while. So there's that. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Um, I forgot what they call it. Hidden something? Hidden wonders. I don't. X-ray, X-ray vision. X-ray something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. X-ray vision. Yeah. I felt like I was yes. just playing charades with myself for a moment. Uh, um, I, for, I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't forgot about it for seven on... very specific days. Okay. Well, I don't have anything <laughs> booked on on uh, Symphony, so I haven't been thinking about that for myself. But yeah, I, I recall reading about that uh, X-ray vision. So, muster's over. We've moved around the ship. 
maybe we're scoping out a great location because the thing that's next. Oh, wait, hang on before next. Oh, sorry. No, I no, it's okay. We're poorly organized. We just, we don't even make notes. Yeah, we do. We just don't follow. We do. Uh, (laughs) Is uh, there's something that I do not follow this advice partially because the, the, it just doesn't interest me, but I think it is a really good idea if it is interesting to you, if you are at all interested in going to the spa and, and thanks to, uh, to uh, listener and reader and contributor, in fact, he's, he's helped out with a number of uh, pieces we've done, Nick Vitani, uh, for this suggestion, is go to, head to the spa, because at some point, and it, it, there'll be pamphlets, there'll be, it's, it's like, as I say, it's like getting a ride to Paradise Island in Nassau. It's pretty hard to avoid on ships when they do this. There's a lot of people telling you about that. There will be a spa raffle or drawing where you, the key is you have to be there to win. And the basic idea is you walk by the spa, you'll, you know, put in your stateroom number and name or whatever. And then at a very specific time, uh, usually shortly after muster, usually they will be picking out of a hat, one of the people that entered and you have to be there to win. And it will be a gift certificate to the spa. I've seen $25. I've seen $150 and and everywhere in between. Uh, so not nothing, right? If you're looking to go to the spa, here's a great way to save some cash. Um, and the reason that this is important to do is because as Nick pointed out, pointed out with, with a significant data set, nobody seems to show up. So you think, well, what are my odds? Well, if, if only 12 people show up to the auction, I guess about one in 12. And Mm. I think Nick went on a a streak. There there was like four or five sailings in a row that he, he, he won the, uh, the spa raffle and somebody else too won several in a row. I don't remember who it was now. Um, so yeah, if the spa is interesting to you do that, man, that's, that's pretty cool. I, I, I don't, the spas don't do anything for me, but the idea of getting something for free is so appealing to me that I might start uh, showing up just for that. Maybe I can give it away after that. I don't know. Uh, um, you can give it to me. I do get massages on, on the ships. It sounds like a plan. Okay. We're, so, uh, we're so great. yeah, now, uh, now it is after monster you've explored, you went to the spa raffle and hopefully before you scoped something out when you were walking around the ship, you were looking for a good place to do what? Grab a drink and watch Sail Away. Yeah, man. Party never gets old. Sail Away. Uh, it's the beginning. It's the true beginning of the vacation. Yeah, we keep saying that, oh, this is when your trip really starts. But yeah, when, <laughs> right. once you're no longer attached to the dock and you're actually moving, uh, yeah, man, that's uh, that's a pretty great feeling. I, I've never intentionally missed Sail Away. And I don't always go to the parties, but like I always, I'm always watching, whether it's off my balcony, through a window, um, or out on deck in a public space. I always watch and I always take note that it happens unless I'm really occupied, something weird happens, right? Um, out of so many sailings, it's always, it's always awesome. Do you have a, uh, do you have a favorite spot in general or do you just find whatever looks appealing to when, when you're exploring? Uh, yeah, it, it really is whatever the mood strikes me at that time. I, I think some of my favorites that I recall are the uh, the Constellation Lounge at the front of Celebrity's Millennium class ships. Mm. Uh, that was a beautiful sail away from the Infinity. Just a, a very wide view. Um, and it was also air-conditioned. So that, yeah. that was nice. That's a good point. Top forward lounges on ships that have them are always great. Unfortunately, more and more ships, these areas are becoming suite only. Um, oh, yeah. Unfortunately, for, for those of us not in a suite, great for those who are. But uh, yeah, um, many, if not most, Holland America ships have the crow's nest all the way uh, up and forward. Um, celebrities, both Solstice and um, Millennium class ships have uh, have top forward lounges. Mm-hmm. And where else? Uh, oh, uh, oh man, the uh, on our class Oceana ships, uh, Horizons. Oh, that's one of my favorite places. So yeah, that if you don't have to be outdoors to enjoy sail away because maybe it's hot, maybe it's cold, maybe it's rainy, whatever. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good call for that forward lounge. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, whatever that spot is, you scoped it out while you were uh, exploring. And hopefully, there's uh, odds are. I mean, it's a cruise ship. There's probably a bar there. There might even be food. Might even be entertainment. Who knows? Um, so some some good uh, some. It's a it's a good time too if you if you don't want to stay in one place during sail away. If you want to hit a few of those good spots, it's a great way to scout out some of the onboard um, entertainment. Because most of the live music 
acts that will be playing throughout your cruise. Not all of them, but most of them will be playing somewhere during Sail Away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big party time. Yeah, it's a big party time. So that's when, yeah, people aren't in their rooms. They're out on the deck. They're in a lounge. Uh, So first evening, just the whole rest of the night. Uh, I think this is your first, this might be the first time you show up at the main dining room. So you're going to, if you're, if you have an assigned dining time, uh, maybe you're going to report just directly to the table that's listed on your card and you'll meet your main dining room server, your service team, assistant waiter. Uh, This is a good time again to communicate any of those dietary preferences, allergies, uh, or just things that you like. Like if you're someone who wants a glass of iced tea on the table when you show up, let them know. This is a good time to let them know. Yep. Um, for me, it's also a good time to realize that I never uh, woke up Larissa and she has uh, missed the cruise. So maybe call and apologize. Um, send a uh, send a gift card. Uh, no, uh, it's is she is she at home or in the stateroom? Oh, at, at home. We never we never went through that step uh, on on the morning. Like wake up your family and travel travel mates. We oh, never went through yeah, that. Yeah. And I feel like All that's right. critical. I mean, you often well, stay here before sailings, and I know I can depend on you to wake me up. That's true. I'll already be up. Um, yeah, the worst part is Larissa doesn't even know what ship we're going on. Yeah. So it's not like she could get a ride to the port and then I, catch I hate, up with us later. I hate to make fun of her, but, you know, she'll have to listen to the podcast to even know that we're doing that. Um, so, so anyway, first evening, yeah, th- this is when, you know, any of those other preferences that you haven't already expressed or that you want to drill in. Um, it's also a good time to... Uh, if there were any parts of the ship that you weren't able to explore before, uh, plus everything has a totally different look at night. And I will tell you my least favorite thing about the first evening, it feels like it comes so fast. Like yeah. for me, from getting to the terminal and it being dinner time on that first day, wow, that goes fast. So yeah, fast. It's, it's like I just changed clothes and now I got to change clothes again for dinner. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned just change clothes. I I usually, in Florida, I usually change um, like right before muster because I'll, in my carry-on oh, yeah. bag, I'll throw in a change of clothes because I know I'm going to be like schlepping bags and it's hot and yeah, in, invariably I'm in a cab that the AC doesn't work in or something. So uh, anyway, it's your first evening and now from here it's smooth sailing and we have a whole bunch of other episodes and articles that tell you how to, how to make the rest of your cruise awesome. But you have, you've done it. You made it through your first day. And uh, the first day is, I don't know, in a lot of ways, even though it can, you know, there's some work, there's some, some packing. To me, uh, it's the best day because it's the time in your cruise that you have the most cruise still ahead of you. Does that make sense? Oh, that's deep. I was just thinking it's so exciting and dynamic and you're getting things arranged for the rest of the days, like with your restaurant reservations and things like that and meeting new people and finding new venues. It's uh, exciting and dynamic. See, that's such an optimistic way. Me, I'm just like, from here, (laughs) our cruise is at the end of our cruise is only going to get closer. That's... (laughs) I think that speaks quite well to both of our personalities. This, this experience will taper to nothingness, but at this time, <laughs> I've we never are been closer to death than I am right now. The, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> boy. If that is not the Billy Hirsch personal philosophy, uh, I don't know what is. So, uh, uh, so again, th- yeah, we hope you've you've enjoyed this guide through your your first day. Uh, I've had some great first days on ships. Uh, running around kind of doing this. Some of this I've learned from my many cruises, some of them with Billy, some of them without. Yeah, so, some of them with Billy, some of them relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, a, a lot of the stuff, I think I think this is probably true of, of both of us. A lot of the stuff that, that we've learned um, has been from doing it multiple times, but a lot of it is also from tips that others have given us over the years. So if, oh, you, yeah. have, if you have tips... Um, that, you know, things that, listen, the, the spa raffle thing, I didn't know about that until like a year or two ago. Um, so maybe you have some great tips for you to share, things that we didn't mention. Please write us uh, and tell us about it, podcast at cruisehabit.com. 
because one, we want the tips that we can selfishly use them. And two, we want to be able to tell others because in fact, uh, if you email us podcast cruisehabit.com, we may just read your question on the air. Yeah. And if, if this episode sparked any question that you might have about embarkation first day, maybe even pre cruise planning, uh, jot that down, send it to us at, uh, at podcast at cruisehabit.com. We will take all of your suggestions. We, we will. At, at this point, I guess, are we going to wrap up? Should, should we go to the thank you? I, uh, I think so. Okay. I will, I will say thank you to JL Moran, Moran, JL, JL Moran. Moran. Yep. Moran. For I, the, I, you uh, know for what? The... I always say Moran. Never asked. Moran. Oh, you know this person? JL Moran, constant contributor, always there on Facebook, on the forums. Super awesome. Oh, excellent. Great, great, great. Well, we're glad that uh, JL likes our podcast. Thank you for the uh, for the nice comments there. Uh, however that you are listening to our podcast, be that, um, you know, what do we have? Stitcher, Spotify, any of the podcast apps. Go uh, to search, go to iTunes or the Apple podcast app and search Cruise Habit and leave us a review there. Maybe uh, some stars, uh, a text review. That would be great. Uh, as Billy said before, if you have questions for us, email us to podcast at cruisehabit.com and we'll see if we can get to those on a future episode. We'd love to, to answer your questions. Go ahead, Billy. And and by the way, uh, Joe Moran, uh Thank you, Joe. Uh, I, I was pretty sure, Joe, and then I was like, man, if, if I say the wrong name right now, I'm going to feel like uh, a huge jerk because, uh, yeah, he's always uh, always contributing, and I uh, and I appreciate that, especially over there on the uh, Royal Caribbean blog uh, forums, and uh, everyone oh. can check that out as well. Excellent. So, yeah, uh, so thank you guys all for listening. Uh, we sincerely appreciate it. Uh, I'll leave you with this. The one thing that I usually say at the end of, uh, end of the broadcast is, if you like the podcast, and we, we hope you do, if you like the site, articles on the site, any of our content stuff on YouTube, share with someone else that, uh, that also will. That would mean the world to us because uh, we like doing this. We like sharing with you, and we love talking ship. Hopefully, we will get to talk ship with you guys real soon. Take care. Hi, this is DB from EatSleepCruise.com, and we're chilling on the pool deck of Celebrity Edge, and we're a friend of CruiseHabit.com. Follow the guys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to the Cruise Habit podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. Search Cruise Habit in the Periscope app to join the broadcast from ship and shore. They'd love to talk ship with you real soon.